Welcome to The Biggest Win, featuring thought leaders, experts, and top producers of the sales profession. Learn how they've achieved success and what it takes to reach the upper echelon of the sales profession. All right, let's go. Hello, my name is Alexander Loren. I am the host of The Biggest Win Sales Podcast. I'm also the founder and chief sales executive recruiter for Zen Careers. Today is June the 6th, and we are streaming to you live from the Spreaker studio. Paul Stachuk has over 10 years of enterprise account management experience, starting his career with Rico before moving on to Epicor. He has now been with Newology Corporation for the past five years, where he currently is managing Newology's largest and most strategic accounts. Paul's passion for sales is driven by a burning desire to win. Paul played golf at the collegiate level and was a competitive hockey and baseball player growing up. Today, Paul is a family man with a one-year-old son and also enjoys the occasional running race. Paul has completed 65 marathons in six different countries. Paul, thanks for being here. Alex, thanks for having me. So, Paul, would you call sales a marathon? Absolutely, in a way, right? Um, there's, I call it, there's a sprint aspect to it and there's a marathon aspect to it because every month, every quarter, we get on that quota where you need to hit your numbers and what have you done for me lately. Um, but in a lot of the deals, the larger enterprise, more strategic deals, um, oftentimes those can be viewed as a marathon. So sales is this balance of, always continuing to deliver quota on a monthly basis and quarterly basis. But in order for a lot of us as salespeople to hit our quotas for the year, uh, we need some big deals to fall. And those are really looked at by me as more of a marathon. So good analogy there. <laughs> and and your, your sporting background, I, I guess that must really have set you up for sales, didn't it? You know what? I, I really think so because obviously the team aspect of sales uh, teaches you from a very young age how to interact with others, how to work with others. But the individual aspect for me for golf was crucial to being able to sell because when you're growing up and you play for a hockey team, if you miss practice, then you can't play the game. The coach will bench you. But when you're golfing and you're playing competitive events, if you don't practice, no one's there to tell you, hey, Paul, go hit some balls, go practice some putting, or you need work on this part of your game. So it's really up to you from a very young age that I learned that golf will yield the results that you put into it. And that's just translated very well into my career, especially in sales, because at the end of the day, we need to hit our numbers and sales is very much, what have you done for me lately? And uh, I work very hard on making sure that I'm doing the necessary activities that will yield results. And I think sports played a large part of that in my life. I'm just just kind of curious. This might be a crazy question, but how, like, how do you practice as an enterprise account executive? Yeah, there's there's a few things. I mean, one of them is internally we do role play sessions here at Neology where we do um, set up some questions about some accounts, whether they're prospects and challenges we ran into, and continue practicing that way. And I think that's important, and that's something that has been at every organization that I've been in. Um, since I've been here, um, but also practicing, you know, anytime there's a presentation or uh, a phone call that I'm about to get onto, I jot down some notes 
the night before about what I want to accomplish on the call, what I think the talking points of that call or that presentation are going to be, as well as what the potential objections are or could be. And I practice for a good hour just running through that presentation or that phone call out loud. So I'm talking into a mirror or into a bedroom, and my wife has probably heard all of these way too many times and way too many times than she would like to tell you. Um, but that's really what I think is key to being a, a professional salesperson is practicing for those moments because it's like uh, practicing for a game in sports. You only have one time to do it. There's no redos. There's no makeovers. And oftentimes that first pitch or that big meeting about a pr- proposal can make or break a deal. You, so you mentioned your wife, and I, and I mentioned here that you're a family man. You have a one-year-old son. What's the name? Of, what's, what's your son's name? My son's Grayson, and uh, he just turned one a few weeks ago. Awesome, awesome. So how is how has that affected your career? It's certainly uh, given me new appreciation for what I want to do in life. Uh, I think for a long time it was, you know, how can I go from a condo to a house, get a new car. And now that's shifted a little bit more to how can I do, do well in my career and be successful in my job to serve my son. And hopefully there's other kids that I'll be able to support for and want to do things for. So my focus has shifted from a, a personal or selfish uh, driven desires to now supporting for an entire family. And all he makes me want to do when I get up in the morning is sell more, sell more so I can give him more. Right on. So he's pretty young. Does he let you sleep through the night? He does. We've been very fortunate. Uh, he's a great sleeper. He's a great traveler. We've taken him on four vacations. So uh, we're lucky, just as I'm sure he'll, he, he'll be lucky. And hopefully he sees that one day. <laughs> awesome. So Rico, was Rico your first sales job? Coming out of university, Rico was, uh, was my first sales job. It was uh, document management and photocopier sales. Um, and interestingly enough, I, I knew from a pretty young age that I wanted to be a software salesperson. Uh, my dad was an enterprise account executive for um, Compaq, Amdahl, and HP for many years. So I knew I wanted to go down that path. And when I got out of university, finished my schooling, um, the path towards software uh, oftentimes led through photocopier sales, um, Xerox, Ricoh, Icon, uh, Philips, and uh, Canons of the world have world-renowned training and uh, training for new staff and new, new salespeople. So I knew that that's the way I wanted to break into my career with the end goal of one day landing up in a software role. Yeah, a great way to do it. Absolutely. And, and I was on your LinkedIn profile earlier. You have a lot of sales training. Do you, do you have any preference? Was, was there one that you would particularly endorse? You know what? It's interesting because as I've gone from smaller accounts to large enterprise accounts, I don't know if there's anyone in particular um, that I would endorse. And what you're referencing on my LinkedIn, I've done Sandler sales training as well as solution selling. Um, Challenger sale I've been exposed to as well. And what I've tried to do in my career is incorporate a bit of each of those uh, because, you know, I'm an individual just different from you, different uh, likes, different asks, different personalities and than other people. And I don't know if there's like one solution or one training method that I follow directly. Uh, what I try and do is take bits and pieces of, from everything that I've learned and, and kind of make it my own. And it's served me well to this point. And have, have you had, have you had some, uh, some really great sales mentors or would you like to give out a shout out to, to anyone in particular? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I started at SolarSoft, I was managing our SMB 
uh, accounts selling into our existing install base. And the director of strategic accounts at the time uh, was managing all of our large accounts, like our Martin Rhea, Magna, Linamar, ArcelorMittal accounts. And I looked up to him and I really approached him early in my career and said, like, Brian, I want your role one day. And how do we work to achieve that? Um, so the two and a half years that I had with him at SolarSoft were very instrumental to setting up my success here at Neulogy. I learned so much from him. And we're now both at different companies. Um, and we've actually come back and found each other because there's a partnership and opportunity and some synergies between our two organizations. So um, he knows what he's done for me. And uh, I really appreciate his help. Wonderful. Wonderful. So let me ask you, what is, what is selling, what's selling done for your life? Um, for me, fortunately, it's, uh, it's afforded me a life that I am very proud of, but one that I'm also very humble and realize that I'm very fortunate to have. Uh, you know, early on, I was able to leverage some of my commission sales to buy my first rental property. And then I turned my first rental property into my first condo and then into a bigger condo. And now we live in Lakeview, part of Mississauga, in our first family house um, that I have my son with. So I'm uh, very fortunate for the financial situation. But beyond that, just the, the flexibility, and I don't necessarily mean work-life balance, but flexibility and being able to um, work from the road when required, work from home if needed, work from the cottage on a Friday of a long weekend. Uh, and I really embrace that of as long as you're delivering results and you're getting your work done, that if we as salespeople have the ability to, to be flexible and travel around and, and still get our work done. What like you've been you've been selling for a while now, like, do you see how do you see like the, the younger generation of sales per people? Are they are they well equipped to enter the field and enter this as a career? Are they well trained? Do you have any anything that you've that you've seen and noticed about that about them? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, I think that more than ever, um, they're more educated on what a sales position and what sales training needs to look like. So you're asking, are they getting the right training? I think oftentimes the people that I'm interviewing are either coming out of school or have a few years of sales experience. And I ask them, you know, where they get their training, where they get their knowledge, what books they're reading. And a lot of them are much further along than in their career than I was at their age. Uh, I think the internet, the, um, I'll call it the professionalization of sales. Now there's professional sales organizations. Um, there's sales specific recruiting agencies that are popping up everywhere. Um, there's sales designations within university degrees. So I think the exposure to sales and I'll call it maybe a bit of a stigma to salespeople before in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, the used car salesmen, whereas people now are looking at sales as a much more professional accreditation and a professional career. So the people coming out of college, out of university, I think, want to be in sales. They don't end up in sales. And as a result, um, their education and their knowledge and their desire to do it are, are further advanced, certainly more so than I was. Have, has sales changed a lot for you? It, it has, um, even though I've only been doing it for more than a decade. When I started, uh, there was all of this chatter about, oh, the balance of power is now in buyer's hands. It's moved away from the seller because when you bought a car in the 90s, the seller had all the power and the buyer had no information, no, no power, no leverage in the negotiation. So even when I started in 2007, that discussion was ongoing. 
um, because of the internet, because of the availability of information. But even now, more so, when I engage or when our team engages in conversations with either existing accounts or net new prospects or customers that we meet at trade shows, they have a much more advanced understanding of your product, of the competitor's product, and they also have a much better idea of what they want or what they think they want or what they think they need. So whereas five or 10 years ago, as a salesperson, oftentimes we were positioning our solution to fit into what the customer thought they needed or we were helping to position that. Now more though, more, more now than ever, I think they come in with an idea of what they want and oftentimes it's our job as salespeople to change their vision of use or change what they think they need to match what your solution can deliver because they've already done all sorts of work without um, considering or talking to or getting any input or feedback from software vendors or software providers. So I think that that's changed tremendously even in the last five or 10 years. Okay, so someone's listening to this episode and they are maybe they're just starting out their sales career and they're just looking for content on sales. Do you have any advice for that person? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, never shy down from asking questions. Uh, I think as salespeople, um, oftentimes we want to do a lot of talking, a lot of telling. Um, and I think the most successful people that I've worked with or seen being successful are often curious. So if you're looking to get into sales, drop a line to the VP of sales of a company that you're interested in or, or like or buy from and ask them to pick their brain. Ask them what makes them successful. Ask them what makes a successful member of their team. Um, go to sales events. There's lots of sales events, lots of sales meetups here in Toronto across the country that you can go to their sales conferences, um, their sales podcasts like yourself. So, so I would encourage them to do as much of that investigation as possible if they're truly considering selling as a, as a career or they're passionate about it and want to get better. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like fill, fill your life up with sales, absorb whatever you can uh, eat, drink and sleep sales. In a way, because you know what I've come to learn now that I sell professionally is that everything in life, is a sale, right? If I want chicken for dinner or my wife wants steak, we're having a sales discussion. Each one's trying to convince the other person of what they want. Uh, I'm trying to sell, you know, my family and what we're going to do this weekend or sell my brother on which golf course we should play in a few weeks. So I, I look at it that way too, is that live, eat and breathe sales, but everything in life is about sales. Everyone's trying to sell somebody on something all the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Okay, so this podcast is called The Biggest Win. So I have to ask you, Paul, or rather request that you tell me about your biggest win. Yeah, um, you know, it might sound cheesy, but this is going back to 2007 when I started at Rico. Um, the first month at Rico, we didn't have a quota as you ramped up and you got um, fully trained. But my first month, I didn't sell anything. My second month, I didn't sell anything. My third month, I didn't sell anything. My fourth month, no sales. And I'm sitting there wondering if I'm going to get fired. I'm sitting there wondering what other people think of me in the organization. And my boss is telling me, hey, the optics are good. You're doing the right things. But at the end of the day, if you're a salesperson and you're not selling anything, I'm sitting there thinking what I'm going to do if I get fired from this role. And uh, the next month, the biggest deal of my career came. 
Um, it was a $24,000 photocopier deal, $24,000 black and white copier to a bus company in Barrie. And I'll never forget it. Uh, and I, I have the, the, the pen that I signed the deal with on my desk. I've got the contract in my office at home. And if I didn't get that deal at that time, I don't know if I would still be in sales today. I don't know what the future would have looked like if that deal didn't come. But it gave me the confidence to say, hey, Paul, everything that you've done to this point over the course of the last four months, all the rejection, all the no's, all the tough conversations, all the deals you thought you were going to get that either didn't happen or pushed are now worth it. And that gave me the confidence and uh, the belief in myself that I could sell and sell effectively. And for the next five or six months, went on a, a great roll and a great run at, uh, at Rico selling photocopiers and ultimately learned so much there, which then allowed me to move on to, to SolarSoft and Epicor uh, and ultimately land here selling deals that are have many, many more zeros than that, that first one that I ever sold. Awesome. Awesome. And I love it because what you're talking about, so so when you were in a slump or, or you, you didn't sell anything for the four, first four months and you have this fear and you have this fear of being fired and you're, you're not making your numbers, but you were you kept telling yourself or, or maybe you were coached on it, uh, you know, don't worry, you're doing all the work. That is that like that would be great advice for anyone who's who's even just in a slump, wouldn't it? I think so. And I always think back to those four or five months when I'm in a slump now is that um, if you keep doing the right activities, the results won't soon be far behind. But you have to do those activities regardless of where you are to quota, whether you're at zero percent or a thousand percent. If you're not making those phone calls, at some point it's going to to catch up to you. If you're not cold calling, if you're not doing the correct prospecting activities, at some point it will come back. Um, and vice versa, if you're doing them and you're not seeing the results, as long as you stay focused on them and keep pursuing, no matter how hard it feels or how crappy it is that day or how much you don't want to do it, um, the success will follow as long as you're doing the, the right practice, right? It's perfect practice makes perfect. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, great. Thanks so much for sharing that. Awesome. Okay, so um, we're going to have a little bit of fun. And I'm going to test your sales knowledge. Are you are you ready to be tested on your sales knowledge? I guess so. I uh, I hope I just have the option to delete this if I if I don't succeed. <laughs> it's on the internet forever. No, of course. Okay, so I've got 10 sales questions. And I'm going to give you 60 seconds to answer them all. So I'm going to I have a timer here. So you got 60 seconds to answer all 10. And if you happen to be stuck, just say pass and I'll move on to the next question. So let's see how many questions you can answer correctly. Let me put 60 seconds on the clock. The clock will begin after I ask you the first question. Are you ready? Sounds good. Let's do it. True or false? Cashiers do not have a responsibility to sell. False. What is telephonobia? Uh, the fear of picking up the phone and calling somebody. Blank will move you forward and closer to your goals. Writing them down. True or false, rolling up your sleeves and making cold calls is the best way to prospect. True. The single most important thing you can do at a business meal is... 
Sorry, uh, I missed that piece. Out of a business. The single most important thing you can do at a business meal is? Not drink alcohol. (laughs) In Arthur Miller's play, Death of a Salesman, what role did Willie Loman play? Uh, A door-to-door salesperson selling, uh, I can't remember, too long ago. Finish this sentence. I want my customers to buy from me. Excellent. Well done. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six. Very good. Six out of ten. What was his role again in, uh, the, in the book? He was a salesman. So you got you got it. Was, yeah. What was he selling? I don't, that's a good question you're not supposed to be questioning me i'm questioning you uh yeah, i don't no, know i don't good. remember i'll have to get you we get back on that one but he sell that. anyways thank you thank you very much for playing my game all right all right okay so the music is playing so we're going to transition into a completely different segment it's a podcast in a podcast this one is called the micro podcast improv it's the final part of the podcast where two sales guys have some fun so just remember listener we're live enjoy hello my name is sophia i am 10 years old my dad is alexander this is the micro podcast improv I wrote a whole bunch of words out, cut them up, and put them in a small box. Alexander will pick one. He told me that he doesn't cheat, and he and his guest will create a passion project micro-podcast for three to five minutes. Enjoy this part of the show. Bye! All right, I didn't have any technical problems on that one. So the uh, word that I picked out of the box is hungry ants. Are you, are you still there? Hey Alex, sorry, I'm still here. Hungry in. <laughs> okay, there's some crazy stuff here. I love I love live. Okay. All right, let me let me do one thing here. All right. Welcome to the Hungry Ants Micro Podcast. I am one half of your Hungry Ants Micro Podcast team, Alexander, and my co-host is Paul Statuck. Good to be here. Right on. Paul, you know, we've been talking about hungry ants. You know, we, we, you and I, we go on these picnics together and there's always hungry ants around us. But you and I, we embrace it. And we talked about we got to do a podcast on this. Well, tell, maybe tell the listener, if they don't know you already, what it is about hungry la- la- ants that you truly love. Well, the great thing about hungry ants is when they're hungry and you're uh, an ant food salesperson, you really have unlimited ability to, uh, to sell your product. And there's no better ant to sell to your food than a hungry ant. Wow. I love it. Ant food salesperson. That, is that a side hustle or do you do that full time? I'm thinking about making it a full time job, but for now it's just on the side. <laughs> well, you've got to tell me about this product line. So what exactly, like what are the kind of t- foods that you're selling these ants? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I get asked that all the time. And we started out like a lot of ant food products, right? Just, you know, generating product for the masses. Um, but recently, you know, the millennial buyer is really about sustainable practices and organic foods. So the ant food that we bring to product is very local, free-range ant food um, with, you know, sustainable and ethical um, thoughts and, and procedures put in place to make sure that the ants that are buying our food 
know about our sustainability issues and know that the product is 100% organic and uh, oftentimes gluten-free. Wow, very good. It's it's really great to hear that you're really focusing on those millennial hungry ants. How about the baby boomers hungry ants? What what do they tend to enjoy? Yeah, that's 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 a tough one too, right? Because what they want, they often want uh, you know what they've had for a long time. They just want it at a lower cost. Um, so we're very cognizant of that as well. Still delivering the brand and food that of ant food that they've come to love across their entire life. Um, but knowing that as they enter their, their retirement years, that the, the cash flow and the dispensable income they have is lower. So we're trying to make cost-effective means and bring it to continue to serve them, hopefully, for a long time to come. Yeah, wow, wonderful. Now, Paul, didn't you tell me that you were going to get into, like, Hungry Ant real estate one day? Uh, do you think about that at all? You know what? I think that after this, that's certainly my, my passion. I've always loved uh, real estate. And if we can help provide to those hungry ants to give them affordable housing as well as um, you know, great food choices, I think they could be a good combo together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome, awesome. Well, you know, this really clears up a lot for me because you and I, when we go out for picnics, you tend not to spend any time or attention on me. And you're just off with these these ants. So it really is uh, very clear to me now. So, you know, Hungry Ads episode number one, we've got it under our belts. What do you think we should talk about for Hungry ep- Hungry Ants episode number two? Uh, probably I would think on, you know, the focus of um, what happens when the ants are, are no longer hungry and how are we going to continue to uh, to sell to them and maybe what other markets and whether insects we could go after. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, that concludes uh, today's episode of the Hungry Ants Micro Podcast. Would you like to to end this portion of the show? I'd just like to say, Alex, that uh, despite our, our numerous uh, picnics together and my constant events of you, I don't think you're a bad person. It's more that I have a job and a, and a lifestyle to maintain. So apologies for that. <laughs> Very good. Let me play the music. All right, that wasn't really music. We have a standing ovation for our micro podcast. All right, that was fun. And and food sales. I did not see that one coming. That's the whole point of improv. <laughs> that was very good. Very good. I'm pleasantly surprised. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, look, it was, uh, Paul, it was really wonderful for you to come on the show and and talk about your career and talk about sales and, and to have some fun with me. Uh, so I really appreciate it. Uh, how can, how can, would you like the listener to whoever's listening? Would you, would you like people to connect with you? Do you want to give us your LinkedIn profile and, and anything else? How about uh, the, the floor is all yours? No, I appreciate that. Uh, open to having conversations about my career, future opportunities, partnership opportunities, or just wanting to have a chat about sales. So please get uh, the list in touch with my LinkedIn. It's Paul Statchuk on LinkedIn or paul.statchuk at gmail.com. Great. Thanks again, Paul. Appreciate it, Alex. Well, that concludes today's podcast. Listener, thank you very much for listening. Paul and I are especially grateful to you today. If you'd like to connect with me, send me an email at alexander at zencareers.ca or just call my office at 647-417-0517. Thanks so much for making this podcast part of your life. Have a great day.